Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. And today we're going to talk about memory. Oh yeah. Your boy young <laughs> meme Roy. <laughs> we spelled memory wrong so many times. It's the I can't remember this episode or how to spell episode. Should be fun. Uh, first, Steven, how was your week? Oh man, to be honest, this week's kind of been feeling shitty. Um, Ooh. Not not bad, just kind of shitty. You know, done with school shit, and uh, you know, I I fucking hate the job search more mm. than anything. I would rather yeah. work in the sun all day than <laughs> look have for, to look for jobs. <laughs> I fucking hate it, man. I it even had sucks. I had a really good one lined up, and I even had like a like shining reference by the person who worked there. Wouldn't give me an interview. I just and it makes me like I just get angry. So I have to like step back and just, you know, I know it's gonna take a while, so I just gotta chill and get through it. But the the worst is when they don't even reply to you. Y- dude, yeah. I hate that so much. And it's like I don't even know. Like, how long do you wait? You know, the a week and then you try to follow up and then like then they still don't fucking reply to you and it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. It's it's so ridiculous. Um but the other day I was outside, got a little sunburnt, was out working with the uh, cicadas, which has been kind of fun. Are you guys oh, getting Oh, yeah. Them? No, we don't have any of them up here. At all? At all. Oh, you lucky bastards. It's- they come in like south of Detroit, like um, lower lower Michigan-ish, but it's even then it's not nearly as bad as it is in, in gotcha. the nasty natty. Are they, are they pretty bad? Honestly, I, I don't know. I'm predicting it's going to be a very light like season for it i don't think it's going to be that bad but all you know speaking of our memory episode i also can't tell if i just remember them being way worse because i was a little kid when it happened that's all yeah that's probably a thing like didn't it feel like a plague yeah it did it felt really shitty dude it's not shit yet and we're two weeks in of six weeks so i don't think it's gonna be that bad but uh yeah, just been uh been working on art. Uh, I was a little off my regular schedule with that, so been working on some stuff. I got I'm almost done with this piece. I've been stuck on forever. I'll send you after this, but uh, I'm doing okay. Just uh, nice chilling. What about you? Uh, well, I'm all shot up. I got uh, <laughs> I got my second Moderna virus. Uh, uh Moderna virus. Moderna vaccine. Right in the dragon. I, I got that Moderna virus. <laughs> I, I really I think I got away pretty easy on uh, side effects. I've heard some some horror stories about the second dose, um, but I, I mostly just I got real tired the, the first day, and then the second day I felt a little bit of nausea, and mostly just kind of whole body kind of felt like shit. And um, today I was fine. So three day, you know, after two full days, I felt back to normal. Isn't it weird? Like I know. You know, it could resurge at any time, you know, definitely not saying it's over, but it feels weird to have a much higher level of safety than we did a year ago. It's bizarre. Yeah. And I, I, I went into uh, Kroger, Kroger today to pick up lunch and I, um, I noticed that they actually had a sign up front that said, you know, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And I thought, you know, for sure, who the fuck is enforcing this? Number one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no one's wearing them in Cincinnati. Yeah, I um, I realized I think I'm gonna have the um, 
I put my what the fucking my vaccine card thing. I took a picture of it. Um, That's at, well, my uh, my CVS the the lady at CVS that shot me up said you should take a picture of this so in case you ever lose it you still have it it's like oh yeah that's pretty smart yeah. um because the first time I got my shot I walked as I'm walking out of the fucking CVS <laughs> I drop it and I realize I get to my car I'm like oh fuck I don't have it and I had to run back and it, at that point someone had already picked it up and taken it back to the the back so she was like oh yeah I remember you it's like oh yeah cool thanks a gang of raccoons scurried in and stole your vaccine. <laughs> 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 but um yeah so i thought like i mean i should just put that as my phone background for a hot minute and yeah that's smart so when i walk in somewhere they're like well me are you, you vaccinated like yeah motherfucker i don't think rock. anybody is attempting to enforce it yeah um, no yeah the passport vaccine passport thing definitely isn't happening but no. uh so week's been all right i know you've been working a lot yeah so, it hasn't been bad yeah um Picking up with the, with the, you know, how uh, uh, busy it's getting lately with the summertime. Yeah. Um, you know, the hot weather. People want to get more smoothies and shit. You know, who knew? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to hire people, man. It's, it's, uh, we could definitely use like two or three strong people on board to, to pick up, at least doing prep. Like I told, I told my boss today, like if we had this one solid person just knocking out prep, like our job would be easy as fuck. Yeah, like we we could roll with it, you know. Uh, but he's doing most of the prep himself, and I'm trying to help him. But like, there's the whole entire job being, you know, quick ticket times and what it is re- revolves around having that prep done. So, just a matter of uh, getting it done. Fuck yeah. That's that's where more of the hours are coming in. It's just you know helping up do prep. Yeah. Now, uh, you got any uh, any honorables before we get into? I'm I'm excited about this episode. I think it'll be fun. This yeah, I a, think it, it should be a good one. Uh, I do not have any honorables though. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run through mine kind of quick today because um, we don't have to look at any art. I'm just shouting out some cool music. So our homies, uh, or our homie Chaotic Steel, uh, just put out a new video and. Uh, I believe it's an album with this other rapper named Commas. And I haven't got through all of it yet, but I'm very excited. The video is cool. And their voices just work so well together. Agreed. It's such a good contrast. So, uh, fuck, man. I got to look up the name of the album. But uh, Chaotic and Commas. Do you mind checking that out for me by any chance? Yeah. I think on his Instagram. Um, The... Second shout out. Uh, so you know, this episode we were doing research. One of the great uh, things that helped us out with it was uh, Netflix has a series explained, and there's a really good episode called Memory Explained. If you're if this podcast you know piques your interest, I definitely recommend watching that. There's some really cool stuff about uh, memorization techniques and stuff. That was a good one. Uh, that chaotic steel album it's chaotic steel and commas we are not the same yeah out now on all streaming platforms fuck yeah man i'm super psyched to listen to this um, yeah that that song was fucking dope his uh um chaotic's fucking verse was was dude, tight that was he's he he's a really good writer i yeah he and he's always getting better that's i because i knew him early on and he didn't even have like 
a ton of really polished stuff out. And I just, I really liked him as a person, but I knew he just like was always growing and it's been, it's, it's awesome. Um, and then last two real quick. So my two favorite memory songs, and these are like not happy songs at all, but they're my favorite songs that relate to memory is the band Shining has a song called Total Suffering and it's spelled in German like total is normal and then the suffering's like unsuffering it's weird but you can find it and then cyclone nine song the saint and the valentine they're both very tragic beautiful songs about memory in a way in a way would have fit real good into the goth episode it would have <laughs> dude i've i've been kind of dabbling in black metal and i have to like pull myself back out so shining this band they literally tell their fans to kill themselves and they've had multiple people do it like that's fucked <laughs> they're yeah they're that kind of hardcore from sweden just cr- dude faked his own suicide and disappeared for like years oh i heard that story actually yeah his whole body is just fucking scar tissue it's he's so fucking brutal he like i'm pretty sure he's like it's the same thing with Burzum, where he actually is like a racist and a, a sexist and a, like a total piece of shit, but he writes beautiful music. You're like, I don't know what to do with these fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> right. Uh, you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah. So um, memory is what we're talking about. Um, so a, a clinical um, definition of memory um, is the faculty by which the mind stores and remembers information, something remembered from the past or a recollection. Um, yeah. I think that's a, a really, you know, um, I say clinical because it's such a, I guess, a, a easy way to de- to define what is so wild of a a concept you right know, there's so much involved with it yeah that that's almost like straight from uh the dsm or like a a handbook but it, it it's so hard to understand what it encompasses though it, yeah. it's everything it, it's the stories we tell ourselves to preserve the past as well as define ourselves in the world around us in the present and future um and <laughs> So I know you know, but I've spent a lot of years addicted to benzos. I fucking love Xanax. And it it made it very apparent how fragile and malleable our memory is. It, oh, it's, I'm sure. It's so warping. But it's like, I don't know, a- after enough experiences where you can't trust your memory, it starts to become clear like just how fragile it really is. Like, I, I see it all the time with, uh, or experience it all the time with people's faces. Like, isn't that a weird feeling when you can't remember someone's face or their eye color or something? I mean, like, so you mean, like, you're looking at them and, like, you can't remember who they are. Like, you know that you know their face, but you don't know who they are. Or, or just or you, entirely forget about this person entirely. Not, not even that so much, but it, like, uh... Even like a loved one who's passed or like a friend you knew for a long time but haven't seen him for a while. Like Oh, I yeah. I can't picture their eye color or like really remember what their face looks like. Like a, Yes. Those things that were so familiar for so long fade and you're like, how the fuck is that even possible? Right. Those small details. It gets weird. Everything gets blurry. And I, I have plenty of reasons. Maybe I experience that more often, but it definitely is just a thing. And it's yeah, that's the that's the common and normal thing. It's it's a bizarre feeling though. Yeah, very scary. Yeah, 
uh, w- one of the things I found super interesting when researching this episode is the similarities and, and the link between memory and imagination. And I, I find that very interesting. Like when you yeah. can't remember somebody's face, you, your brain still is trying to figure out a pattern, a way to, to fill those blanks, which right. it's so weird. So we're going to talk more about the imagination part of it more. But uh, do you want to get into uh, how the process of memory works a little bit? Yeah, man. Tell me, tell me how, how do they work? How do these memories work? <laughs> so they occur in specific groups of neurons uh, that are activated in the brain. Any stimulus results in a particular pattern of neural activity. Certain neurons become active in a, in a more or less a particular sequence. If you think of your cat or your home or your fifth grade birthday cake, uh, different ensembles or groups of neurons become active. The theory is that strengthening or weakening synapses make particular patterns of neural activity more or less likely to occur. And sleep is a huge factory to that, to the memory storage during sleep, the hippocampus, which is possibly the best word ever. Right. The hippocamp in our brain. Um, and, <laughs> and the neocortex takes part in a carefully choreographed, how do you say it? Choreographed? Thank you, sir. (laughs) Dialogue in which the hippocampus replays recent events. The same hippocampal neurons active during an experience become activated again during slow-wave sleep. Over and over in a time-compressed manner, helping to update the neurocortex as to what needs to be stored. This replay only occurs during sleep, so if you're skimping on sleep, you're letting your brain... You are not letting your brain consolidate memories. Right. Um... Most of the time, when you intentionally recall memories, they're probably triggered by your sight or your hearing, like seeing someone's face or hearing their voice. But your other senses play a prominent role in piecing together memories as well. The sense of smell is closely linked with memory, probably more so than the other senses. Um, those uh, with full olfactory functions may be able to think of smells that evoke particular memories. Uh, in particular, like my dad always uh, stated that uh, campfire was one of his favorite scents. And yeah. because it, it takes you back to every campfire you've ever had and like all the good times that you had around it. And like every, you know, core memory that, that, you know, you can remember from that. Um, even most of your tape taste reception um, comes from your sense of smell. So all the flavors of things that you enjoy or food that you hate, it's all stored in your brain by way of your olfactory receptors, um, which is critical for a chef because uh, tasting various things for consistency is an everyday activity. Uh, I actually basically lived off tasting, taste testing food every day to make sure the batch of whatever it was was up to par uh, before service. Like it was, it was constant, just, just tasting shit. Yeah. It's I, like, I'm, I'm full. <laughs> <laughs> And I know you've mentioned you get the smell relation to memory a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I sometimes do. I definitely love the campfire stuff. And it's weird how many past memories you can instantly link through the smell alone. Oh, yeah. When you're reading it, though, my <laughs> I started laughing because my first thought is, I love the smell of gasoline, and it reminds me. <laughs> it reminds me of all the other times I've huffed gasoline. <laughs> uh, the key researchers claim is that memories relating to an event are scattered across the brain's sensory centers, but marshaled by a region 
called the hippocampus. If one of the senses is stimulated to evoke a memory, other memories featuring other senses are also triggered. Uh, The hippocamp is a complex brain structure embedded deep in the temporal lobe. It has a major role in learning and memory. Uh, Fun fact, the hippocampus is derived from the Greek word seahorse, uh, which is, uh, and hippos meaning horse, right? Yep. Did I fuck that up? Nope, you nailed it. That's so, dude, it it, it doesn't even look like a seahorse, does it? Oh, it, it's, um, I mean, kind of. It's, it's not like a tube, it's a curved shaped tube <laughs> with a little bulb on the one end. It kind of looks like, it's got, uh, it looks more like a seahorse than it does anything else. Dude, seahorses are fucking weird, man. Yeah, they are. They're cool I, as fuck, though. <laughs> I don't. I don't want a seahorse fucking around up in my brain. And, and <laughs> why does hippo mean horse? Because what is a hippo then? Because it's Greek. But but what is a hippo? But they didn't have hippos in ancient Greece. <laughs> well, so what did they find first? Hippos or horses? I mean, they probably uh, there's probably a, a word a reason why hippos are called hippos is because they're water horses. I don't trust those hippos. Not seahorses, just water horses. <laughs> Dude, uh, are you familiar with? I think I've probably mentioned this. The like the MRI scans of drug addicts, um, like your brain on drugs things, kind of. But like, so your brain experience and memory, it, it's it's surprising how vivid it is, and you act, you know, like you you smell that smell, and it feels like you're actually there, or it, so. Oh, if, yeah, yeah. If they take, uh, like, lifelong drug addicts and they put them in an MRI and they flash a bunch of images, when their drug of choices show up, their brain lights up almost to the same degree as if they were doing that drug. But that's for, wild. For a small amount of time. And that's, so it's like those, uh, like, visual triggers have a chemical effect in your brain. And it's all, you know, that's all just... Re-experiencing the memory of something. Now, does that explain why? When I mean, my my weed tolerance is garbage. It's gone. It's in the <laughs> trash. So, does that explain why if I smell like some good weed, like I you know get a little baggy from this dispensary and I just <clears throat> real good? Like, does that explain why just for like a quick second I could swear that I feel high? Yeah, hundred percent. Like just for a second. And dude, all right, so this is something I don't think too many people re- relate to but i th- i honestly think it's fucked up when uh like i'm not i don't give that much of a fuck but when things like netflix or <laughs> when like netflix or whatever like puts a trailer uh, for a new sh- like drug documentary and it auto plays as soon as you lo- load it mm-hmm. it's like you turn on netflix and you're seeing somebody put a needle in their vein i'm like yeah fucking bastards like, like fuck yeah, come you. on yeah, it's kind of a dick move for real. It really is, yeah. Um, what What are your earliest memories like? Where? How far back can you go? So I I know there's probably others before this, um, but I think the earliest memory I can think of was learning to tie my shoes, and it's That's not a, a very one. vivid memory. I remember I was in the kitchen um, at my house on Price, and we had. Um, I know my dad was there. And I know my grandpa was there. That's it. And I can't remember if my mom was in this particular memory or not, but I remember learning to tie my shoes in that time. And I remember, 
Yeah, I think that might be my earliest I can possibly think of. Now, do you remember in the memory, do you actually see them? Yes. Because that was a big thing. Even if you don't remember, like, even if you don't see them in the memory, just the presence is one of those things that helps you remember the other people and the, the it's yeah I can I can vividly place my dad right next to me on my right side and my grandpa was in front of me they're both like knelt down and I'm sitting in a chair and I remember my grandpa walking out of the room at one point like after you know we did it, I remember him walking out of the room like around the corner it's, I feel like my mom was, it was in the kitchen. I feel like my mom was also there yeah. in the room, just like not like right up on me at but the can, same time. Can you see her? I can, but it's not as vivid. See, see, that's so weird. Like, do you have any other ones where like the person isn't there at all, but you f- like when you think of the memory, it feels like they're there? If I think about it, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's a thing. I get those a lot because I, f- I feel like because. I may don't have the memory as sharply, but I have a lot of times where I feel people's presence, but I can't visually remember everything. You know, mm-hmm. what, uh, one of my earliest ones, it, it, it's I was like choking on a uh, popcorn kernel, like, Ooh. but I feel like I was an infant. Like I remember being on the carpet, and I feel like all the people were giants. And I have no idea if it's just a, a concocted memory or if any of it is based off anything real. But it feels real. Now, do you feel like you have any other memories from around that time? No. Okay, that's interesting. There's like a wide length of time before anything again. Yeah, I think the, the, the second closest memory I have was like learning to ride a bike. And I was probably five or six by then. Yeah. You know, there's, but I definitely, I, I'm sure there are some, but I just can't place them at a time in my life. Um, funny story about popcorn kernels, and this, and I just remembered it so I can bring it up because it's memory. Um, when I was in the second grade, we were doing a, uh, we were doing research on, um, like, we, the teacher was teaching us about, like, what happens inside of a popcorn kernel and, like, why it pops when you heat it up. And so she gave us, a single popcorn kernel so that we could inspect it. And like it had, we had this little sheet and it was like, what does it look like? And what color is it? And then like, what does it feel like? And how does it smell? And shit like that. So like, I'm going to like sniff this fucking popcorn kernel and I sniffed it right up into my nose and I tried to get it out with my finger, but I just pushed it up further to the point where like I couldn't reach it anymore and I couldn't feel it through the outside of my nose, and I got real scared. That's I a thought, scary feeling. I thought, oh shit, I'm gonna have to go to the hospital. So instead, before I did, you know, before I, you know, completely freaked the fuck out, um, I got a tissue and I was able to blow my nose and get it to come out. Ding, ding, um, ding. <laughs> but I'm certain. I'm certain I either gave it back to her or threw it away afterward. Oh, I'm trying to, I can't remember if I just gave it back to her. <laughs> I hope you did. But it was this bloody popcorn kernel coming out. <laughs> Every kid gets at least one thing stuck up their nose. You have yeah, to. If not, you didn't live. Right. You didn't live life. Now, what about like, because we're mostly going to be talking about uh, uh, mental memory, brain mm-hmm. memory shit. What about muscle memory? 
Oh, m- muscle memory is so important to me. Um, so muscle memory is a form of procedural memory that involves consolidating a specific motor task into memory through repetition, which has been uh, synom- synonymously, yeah, which has been used synonymously with motor learning. When a movement is repeated over time, a long-term muscle memory is created for that task, eventually allowing it to be performed with little to no conscious effort. The process decreases the need for attention and creates maximum efficiency within the motor and memory systems. So muscle memory is found in everyday activities that become automatic and improve, and improve with practice, uh, like riding bicycles, driving motor vehicles, playing sports, typing on keyboards, entering pins, and playing musical instruments. Definitely big in memory. Or uh, fucking memory. Music, for sure. Yeah. Um, again, as a chef, the use of muscle memory is paramount. Um, oftentimes, you're not just doing one thing at a time. You have you know, steaks on the grill with different times and temperatures, and you have fries in the fryer that can burn <laughs> at any minute, and you have pans on the stove that you're making sauces in to order, and you have a prime rib in the alto sham that needs to be pulled out in exactly eight more minutes, and you have a casserole in the oven, oven because you sold out earlier that day and no one prepped it in time for service, and all the while you have new tickets coming in that you need to be called out to your staff, uh. so who are also multitasking to the max, so you really have to let some functions be automatic. Uh, both your physical movements and your sense of time have to be honed in so you know uh, when you have to stop plating a dish so you can turn around and flip those steaks and cut the heat from the pans on the stove. And you have to remember how long those fries have been down so you can yell to your fry cook to pull a thumb out of his ass and get them out of the fryer. <laughs> and then, you know, when you hone your memory to the length of each time that each thing should take, you know, it becomes pretty instinctive. And then overcooking or burning something only happens when, you know, you've got just too much on your plate. And pun is fully intended with that. But um bump. Dude, that, that that really is a thing. Like watching you like even cut vegetables. Oh yeah. I mean that's like so such a dialed in neurological response it's it's like nothing and you know they there's always the cliche of like you have to let the knife become an extension of yourself and like you really do (laughs) you you let it you know become it's just it's a part of your your hand at a certain point that's like you know when you find the right knife it's like this is this is me i can i can wield this without any effort i can you feel so comfortable with it because it's just a part of you I love those videos of like the dudes who roll barrels, like those work compilations of people at work that, you know, learn how to do like they roll like a 55 gallon drum across a warehouse like over and it's like, holy shit. There's also another aspect of of muscle memory is like uh, it's real big in like uh, the bodybuilding muscle shit lifting like if you train your muscles to grow to a certain point and then you lose it years later you still can recover it more quickly like your body because you had it once yeah and that was like for a long time thought to be more of a myth but it's just like your your memory like remembering something the the pattern of neurons it's like your your cell patterns like it learns after it's taken that shape or pattern before it can more quickly return to it so weird your body remembers shit your your mind forgets yeah and you can even like beat you know play with that system like instead like if you start to plateau on you know building muscle in a a certain place you can you do like the the muscle confusion thing and yeah you know you mix it up and then your body's like oh shit we're doing this now all right cool and then when you go back to doing something else it's like okay cool now it's like it's not just repetitive motion anymore now we're 
or working for a cause. Yeah, and you you almost can't make gains like at a linear pace forever too. That's why you see people the weight fluctuations like going up and then cutting down or whatever. You got to trick trick your body. Or tricking your body. Uh, <laughs> trick, trick, tricking on eight. Um, so um, remembering things. It's like, so making memories is one thing, and uh, but remembering things is, is you know, there's a, a weird, uh, cool idea about uh, remembering memories. Um, so each time you remember a thing, your brain is firing up different parts to piece together what you're trying to recollect. And when you remember that cool holographic Charizard card that you had in grade school, you're not remembering it directly. Instead, your brain um, has created new data the last time that you remembered it. So what you're remembering is based on the last time that you remembered it. So I know that just sounded really confusing. So think of it like you're taking a picture of a thing. Uh, let's say you use a digital camera or your phone to snap a picture of a holographic Charizard. You don't have the Charizard, but you have a picture of it. You also now have the location data and shutter speed information and the info you can find out about the exposure. And what's more, you can even change the data if you really want to. Um, it's very similar with your brain. Maybe the last time you thought about that card wasn't while you were holding it, you know, as a strapping young Pokemon master to be. Maybe it was after high school. And you saw that people were getting back into Pokemon cards, so you went back to your parents' house to look for yours, only to remember that you sold them or threw them out. Uh, but you get distracted when you realize Ma has a pie coming out of the oven. Um, so now, now you're learning that people are paying top dollar for old Pokemon cards, specifically some some uh, old school holographic Charizard cards. Um, and you remember them again. Only this time, you're not just remembering the card; you're remembering the memory of the card the last time that you thought of it and all the external stimuli that you encountered with that memory you know the the shutter speed etc um so it's extremely possible that you have a sudden craving for pie or even the outrights you can like smell a fresh baked pie in that moment that you think about that charizard card because the memory is now connected to the memory of the charizard yeah that i feel like that's a maybe like a rare example Mm. like the smell part but there yeah. is, like anytime i'm looking for something that is lost i remember all kind like i start associating all kinds of memories with yeah when i lost it that are never like accurate you know what i mean like you really things cling together it gets all jumbly it's like you start looking for something that's lost and you remember that one time you accidentally put the remote yeah. in the fridge and you're like, I'm not, am I really going to go in here and look for my keys in the fridge? I guess I am. Right. Like just in case, I guess. Man, I really want a pie right now. All right. That sounds really good. And so I, I don't have to remember remembering my Charizard card because I have my Charizard card right next to me and I have a second edition hollow Charizard for sale. It's not in great condition, but it's, it's it's for sale. It's a second edition holographic yeah. Charizard, and it's for sale. Dude, I got all these cards. I, I got to get rid of them. But every time I go to get on eBay, I'm like, this is such a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> hit up the uh, hit up the trash cats uh, trash cats trash cats trash cast at gmail dot com if you want that good deal on holographic <laughs> Charizard. <laughs> God damn it. Made this whole podcast just to sell Pokemon cards. That was the end game. It's it's it took us twenty six episodes, but we got there. Soon as soon as I sell out, we're abandoning the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make enough to buy a small boat. 
All right. So so that was rem- remembering. Um, yeah. Now forgetting. Right. Now forgetting. Um, so first things first. Um, amnesia is a blanket term uh, for partial or total memory loss. Dementia is a cause of amnesia and is a general term for decline in mental ability severe enough to interfere with daily life. Alzheimer's is a, the most common cause of dementia. Alzheimer's is a, is a specific disease. Dementia is not. Um, right. So that was something I, I heard a bunch of those terms growing up, and I, I thought Alzheimer's and dementia were, were just different things. Um, I didn't realize that Alzheimer's was a cause for dementia, and dementia is just a blanket term. Yeah, um, I, I always get it confused. And I, even when doing like coding diagnoses, dementia often has to be coded as a separate thing. In addition to, but I always get them fucking yeah. confused. Um, so there, are, there are several different kinds of amnesia. Some of the most common ones are like, like when you black out when you're drunk, that's a form of amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were talking about benzos earlier, and I realized, man, the only time I've ever actually had a had a Xanax, I I took one, and it wasn't even like a high dosage or anything. And I, I took one and, and I was fine for a while. And then I had like a beer, maybe not even a whole beer. And I blacked the fuck out. They like both off. potentiate each other. It turns into like the equivalent of like three Xanaxes and three beers. Yeah, that's fucked. Dude. No one told me that. They were like, here, have us beer. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And it, but, was a, it, it was so stupid. It was, my whole night was wasted. Dude, it's the best. It also, so benzos potentiate opiates also. So like you're never supposed to take them together because you are you don't want to breathe when you're on both basically. Oh, wow. Dude, oh, for five to eight years, I probably averaged one to two bars every day. That's wild. Like I have whole weeks I know I went to school and like, I remember taking an, I don't remember taking exams. And then I remember you know going you did to it? my, yeah, I went back to my teacher. Like, I'm so sorry. I forgot my exam. He's like, you did great. What do you mean? Like I would lose weeks at a time. Damn son. Like totally blacked out. I'm like, how the fuck does your body keep going? It's weird. Autopilot. For real. So that's um, the retrograde, huh? Yeah. So that's just a, that's just a regular um, oh, that's just like a, a yeah. One, yeah, one, yeah. one common, co- one, one common form of amnesia, uh, retrograde amnesia is when, um, you lose existing previously made memories. Um, this type of amnesia tends to affect recently formed, uh, memories first, older memories, such as memories from childhood are usually affected more slowly. Uh, diseases like, uh, dementia cause, ret- cause retrograde amnesia. Um, that's- yeah, that's like alcoholic-induced dementia and stuff like that, right? Where it's like damage to the brain. You start losing old memories. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like even like just regular dementia will will cause retrograde amnesia. Okay. So that's that's okay. you know one of the more common ones. Like Alzheimer's is is typically. Um, but do they call it amnesia when? It, when the loss of memory is ca- caused by Alzheimer's, yes, it's still okay. it's still yeah, it's still amnesia. Gotcha. Um, Anterograde amnesia is when you have um, when you can't form new memories, uh, so the effect can be temporary. 
for example, you can experience it during a blackout, like when you when you have uh, when you blackout from alcohol. That's that's anterograde. Um, it can also be permanent. Um, you can experience it if the area of your brain, um, the, if the hippocampus is damaged, um, because the hippocampus plays an important role in forming new memories. So what's interesting is that um, there you can remove the hippocampus from your brain and you can retain old memories. You just can't create new ones, which is that, fucking terrifying. That was the weirdest one ever. Did I think you were looking at, didn't we see a study where that happened with somebody? Uh, yeah. So it was a, a man, he had surgery. He actually had to have both. Um, so like the hippocampus is in the middle of your brain. So there's two halves of it. Um, he had to have both of them removed and he, he lived, you know, basically he knew, remember how to ride a bike and remember how to like, you know, things that happened a long time ago, but he couldn't remember like what he did yesterday or what he did this morning. And, you know, his idea of like the, the future was, was gone. Like he can't, he couldn't picture the future because of, of, you know, he can't form anything new. He's not, that's not even a thing, uh, to him. Um, well, what was the, the quote? We might even have it in here. Um, we don't have it in here. So the, his quote was, uh, when someone asked him about the future, he said that, you know, trying to think about the future is like going into a room to look for a chair, but there's no chairs in there. It's like you're asking me to do a thing, but I I can't do it. There's I can't. There's nothing for me to give you because it's not there. Um, damn, you gotta yeah. protect them seahorses, bro. Protect the seahorse <laughs> at all costs. Wear guard a helmet your, when you ride a bike. Guard your hi hippo camp. Um, infantile amnesia, and I, this is why I was asking about the your memories from earlier so like most people can't remember the first three to five years of life yeah this common phenomenon is called infantile or childhood amnesia no. um it's i didn't realize how common it was i just thought that i was fucked up because i couldn't remember until i was like five or six have i told you this is one of my earlier ones i feel like i maybe told you this one when we were like doing test recordings uh, if we were going to podcast mm -hmm. uh when i puked at school did i tell you this possibly okay so it's, you've told me some wild stories so <laughs> this is like my first day of kindergarten maybe and it was a a public school like i went to preschool at the y right and i go to a public school for kindergarten First day there, I'm getting picked on by like some older kids there, and we're in this classroom. And I remember, I remember this Asian chick running up to me and punching me like UFC style in the stomach. And I had a puzzle of the United States, you know, you put all the states in. <laughs> Dude, I puked everywhere <laughs> and my memory of my first day at kindergarten is the united states feeling with puke <laughs> do you think of that every time you look at a map it, it comes up often i think it's like god damn it it's so funny like i remember it was like bad at the time but now i just think it's so funny to picture the united states feeling with puke it's beautiful now, now that you've now that you've shared that that fun kindergarten story I, I got one i got one um cool so i remember i think i'd only happened one time that i pissed my pants in kindergarten <laughs> at least They're the, the only there's only one that really stands out and it was when 
okay, so like we used to have like, you know, one person when we had snack time in kindergarten, you know, like a couple kids got picked, you know, like we had like a, you know, a, a rotating thing where, um, you know, if you got picked that week or you were on that week, then you got to pass out the snacks. Right. And I got picked that week nice. and I was so fucking stoked for it. Um, that I got to hand out the, it was Rice Krispie Treats. Oh, yeah. And I, instead of going to the bathroom, I was like, no, nah, I got to be here <laughs> to pass out these Rice Krispie Treats. And I probably got about half the class, three quarters of the class down. And um, I straight up pissed my sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst were you able to like get out of there real quick or did you no, try to play no, it off no it was not it was like <laughs> this is happening <laughs> I'm standing there with a plate of Rice Krispie Treats in hand you know like I can't like oh, shit, I didn't want to like drop them or, like protect the Rice Krispie Treats <laughs> God damn. and just pissing myself and in you know my uh, my teacher uh, shouts out to Miss Tretchler you know, she got, she, she got me pulled out and uh, got me to the bathroom to clean up. And I'm sure one of my parents had to bring in a, an extra pair of pants. Wouldn't it be so awesome, like, if life did have a Groundhog Day aspect where, like, you literally, your past life could be the one you just lived. And you'd get, you'd get to, like, reteach yourself. I like, mean, yeah, that would all kick over. ass. Dude, it go was, in, go in with new knowledge. It would be crazy how fucking how fucking awesome you would, how much you would rule. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Now, uh, should I get into dementia a little bit more? Yeah. Okay. So, dementia describes a group of symptoms associated with a decline in memory, reasoning, or other thinking skills. Many different types of dementia exist, and many conditions cause it. Mixed dementia is a condition in which brain changes of more than one type of dementia occur simultaneously. And I feel like that's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. um, Alzheimer's disease is the most common of dementia, most common cause of dementia, accounting for 60 to 80% of dementia cases. Dementia is not a normal part of aging. It is caused by damage to the brain cells that affect their ability to communicate, which can affect thinking, behavior, and feelings. Yeah. yeah, there is, we were looking at those graphs of memory, and, you know, you have that that low spike, the three to five years of age, the infantile amnesia, right? Yeah. And then they say, like, your teenage years are often the highest spikes because you typically remember areas of time where your life goes through a major change or defining moments, and then the rest of your adult life is pretty constant until you get older because there is some natural loss of memory, but it should be very minor. And when, yeah. it, when it's more extreme in aging is when dementia and things come into play. Um, Alzheimer's is a degenerative brain disease that is caused by a complex brain change following cell damage. Um, it leads to dementia symptoms that gradually worsen over time. Most common early symptom of Alzheimer's is trouble remembering new information um, because the disease typically impacts the parts of the brain associated with learning first. As Alzheimer's advances, 
Symptoms get more severe and include disorientation, confusion, behavior changes, um, or even slow Alzheimer's diseases. Oh, sorry. Or where was I? Behavior changes. Eventually, speaking, swallowing, and walking become more difficult. That was a terrible read. My broken brain syndrome is that yep. full it, effect. It, it happened, <laughs> bud. You got it. You got the Alzheimer's. Uh, I got it, bro. Uh, there is no way to prevent, cure, or even slow Alzheimer's. I will say, I, I will circle back to that in a minute because there are some interesting studies coming out. But typically, there, there's no way to cure it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and slowing is unlikely to very difficult. Though the greatest known factor for Alzheimer's is increasing age. The disease is not a normal part of aging, and though most people with Alzheimer's are 65 and older, approximately 200,000 Americans under 65 have younger onset Alzheimer's disease. God, the younger onset is so tragic. Yeah. I'd say Alzheimer's or dementia are like, it's one of my favorite, or not my favorite, one of my biggest, (laughs) it's one of my favorite things. No, it's one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Between that and brain aneurysms. I feel like it's unlikely, though. It, I mean, it's unlikely, yeah, but is it predictable? It's scary. Also, no. Right. Yeah, it's a total, like, wild card for sure. Yeah. And, and we've both had personal experiences with it, too. Yeah. Like, I'm not really afraid of snakes or spiders, aside from, like, a healthy respect <laughs> that some of them can fuck your shit up real bad. Um, but, yeah. yeah, like, Alzheimer's and, and shit like that, that's, yeah, that's fucking terrifying to me. Um, I think it's mostly because I, I've watched people, you know, yeah. that go through it. Like, um, my grandmother had dementia, um, and it mostly, it was demonstrated like with, uh, like short term memory loss, um, some disorientation. Um, typically it was just like, she would ask about every 20 minutes if I was hungry or if I needed anything, which was like so incredibly sweet, Yeah, you know? And like, or she would ask about her sister or a family member that had passed away, um, you know, sometimes it was like, is, is my sister still alive? And, you know, sometimes she would refer to them if, if she believed that they were still alive, like, oh, I got to call my sister or something, you know, but we were always kind about it. You know, we just tell her like, no, thanks. I already ate, you know, as we, we watched Unsolved Mysteries or Matlock, you know, she liked her Robert Stack and Andy Griffith. Yeah. Um, you know, but we, you, you just work around it. It's not, not her fault. And so Anyways, I I dated I did date a girl for a, a little while who um, whose grandmother also had dementia or Alzheimer's. I'm not really sure which. I know I know my grand grandmother didn't specifically have Alzheimer's. I know it was just just a form of dementia. Yeah. Um, but this girl's grandmother, you know, had it, and whenever she couldn't remember something, her whole family would just yell at her. Like, why don't you, like, why are you asking, you just asked me that. And it's like, I hated it. I fucking, I hated it. I hated going over their house. Um, like now, not, now, not only is she going to remember this in 20, or she's not going to remember this in 20 minutes. She's going to be sad and upset. And she has no idea why, cause she can't remember. Right. She yeah. just remembers that like, you know, you're upset with her. You know, she's, she's sad for whatever reason she got yelled at. It's like, they're humans. It's not their choice or their fault. Like they're literally just trying their best. Um, I remember you telling me that and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I will say like, you know, it, it is so fucking hard on the family. That doesn't excuse what they did at all. Right. Yeah. It is. It is extremely pressing and it takes a lot of patience. Yeah. You know, but it's, but yeah, it doesn't, you know, like as bad as my grandmother ever got, like we just, it, it wasn't like that. 
you know, my, my grandmother's dementia did, it got dramatically worse after my aunt died, which was really hard because it felt, it felt wrong to lie to her, but it also really sucked to have to remind her all the time that like her daughter had cancer and like her daughter had died. And it was like, we had a, my cousin made a painting of her that we had hanging up, um, in the, in the living room there. And it's a gorgeous painting. Um, but we, you know, we could tell, like she would look at the painting of her and we, you know, we could tell that she knew that something was wrong, but she just couldn't piece it together. Right. And yeah, yeah, it was, that really sucked. How, how long did your grandma go through it? Um, most of what I remember of her was, was with dementia of some sort. I think it, it's, it didn't start as far as I'm aware. It didn't start until after my grandfather died, which was, I think I was six when that happened. Um, so a long time. Yeah, it was, it was a decent amount of time. Um, cause she, I think she passed when I was 17 or 18. Dude, that's so fucking hard on the whole family when it's, when it's, whether it's, it's onset slow or quick when it happens over a long amount of time, cause it just progresses and it gets harder and harder. Yeah. Um, she, she did go, um, let's say she, she went, she had a heart attack and she, she had kind of fell, but she was apparently gone before she even hit the ground, which is good. Yeah. You know, she didn't have enough time to even feel the pain of falling down. So that's something. And it was right after Christmas and we just had the family all over the house. So well, everyone, except for us, I was in Florida with my parents, but everyone else had been there and you know, they had, I, I mean, I, I lived with her, so yeah. I was just out of town with my parents, so it's it says so much that uh she would uh always ask if you're hungry and stuff. That's yeah, that was her concern. So, yeah, yeah. That's so sweet, man. That says so much about she'd, her character. She'd see me sitting on the couch there after I got out of school and I'd be sitting there and that's that's all she really cared about was Yeah. I don't I don't wanna say too much, but I have a a family member that just this week uh she's always struggled with mental health stuff and she's in the psych ward right now and it's not like uh like it was a voluntary thing and she's she's doing what she needs to do to take care of her health right it's nothing like super tragic right now but uh the whole time uh someone was visiting her she kept asking or saying she should be out to take care of one of her siblings who is not doing nearly as bad as she is. And it's just, it's one of those things like asking if you're hungry when yeah. like, it just shows how sweet of a person they are. Yeah. It's like their, their, their priorities lie, you know, their heart is in the right place and they're. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're sick and you just are thinking about this, helping someone else, it just says so much. Um, I know we've talked a lot about it. My grandma also had, I'm not sure it was Alzheimer's and dementia, I think, but uh, she didn't. Ha- she got like chronic onset as soon as my grandpa died. S- similar thing, and they say that often happens with uh, either women or men when their their spouse passes, kind of thing. Yeah, it uh, wouldn't be surprising if that that spawns from you know a, a form of shock or heartbreak. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, yeah, man, my mom was a fucking saint because she took care of her for 
it's like almost five years and I always struggled with it because I didn't I wanted to spend time with her but she she didn't know who I was most of the time and she was like super Christian and I look a little different and because she didn't know remember who I was it like scared the shit out of her every time I saw her and I I feel like sometimes it was an excuse not to see her, but I also didn't want to upset her every time I saw her too. So it was like, I didn't know what to fucking do, but my mom took care of her the whole time. And it was like, I saw, it wasn't super hard for me. Cause I wasn't like su- nearly as close as a lot of the other family members, but it was so hard to watch what my mom had to go through. It's like, it, it's just the, one of the, fucking saddest diseases ever it really is it's so fucking brutal (sighs) gotta love it's it's really it's it's like cancer in the way that they say like it doesn't just affect you know uh or you know like even suicide for that matter like it doesn't just affect that person it affects everyone around them yeah it's that you know yeah bomb thing grandmas Um, are the best right yep grandmas cooking and cookies and shit (laughs) old grandma's cookies speaking of grandma's cookies um (laughs) where are you going with this one i I can't possibly think of a good segue from that into this i was really trying to figure out how i was going to make it work but um (laughs) when grandma had those flashbacks yeah (laughs) i remember that great cookie in 79 (laughs) yeah old, old grandpa's flashbacks to the war that's the uh that's part of his dementia <laughs> is that really fucked up to do that's great um it's- so while while the uh, degenerative neurological diseases like alzheimer's are still um really mysterious to the scientific oh, field can i can i interrupt you real quick please do so what I, I wanted to circle back to it before i forget so yeah alzheimer's dementia it's still largely untreatable but they have found links to diabetes Really? So, it, well, there's definitely links between alcoholism, ca- like causing dementia, and leading mm-hmm. to like, uh, I think it's alcoholic Alzheimer's. There's there's relation with some conditions like that, but diabetes is like, like they're finding a large amount of cases are linked to uh, diagnosed or undiagnosed diabetes, and. Uh, sugar having a large impact in the decay of memory. It goes so, back to sugar, man. Big it, sugar. They're the, finding the OG gateway drug. Yeah, there's people that are having either early onset or the start of symptoms if they change their diet, like a t- very clean form of eating. It sometimes it seems like it can slow uh the progression of the disease is sometimes so they're they're finding more and more that there's some things that can slow it um but it, it's not in all cases and they're still trying to fully understand it there we go dr Sorry. professor steven and with the news it's, it's all wrong probably <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all, you've read that on the onion it's like, <laughs> your favorite worst doctor <laughs> um so like I said, the, so the um, like uh, the <laughs> neurological diseases, Alzheimer's, all that. They're, they're always they're constantly being studied to and understood more and more. Um, 
but conditions like flashbacks and PTSD are often more misunderstood and they're stigmatized. Um, Post-traumatic stress disorder, um, also known as PTSD, is the only psychiatric disorder for which a specific event and experience, uh, the trauma and the concurrent reaction, form part of the diagnosis. Uh, Traumatic events include war, terrorist attacks, interpersonal violence, and natural disasters. A small but clinically significant proportion of people who experience a trauma subsequently develop PTSD. The hallmark PTSD symptom is the re-experiencing of the trauma in the form of intrusive memories. Intrusive involuntary memories range from fleeting sensory impressions of traumatic events to very rarely full-blown flashbacks, which are so intense the patient dissociates and feels as if they are back at the time of the trauma. Um, frequently remarked characteristics of the traumatic re-experiencing uh, in PS- PTSD are its involuntary and uncontrollable nature. The yeah. strong sensory impressions in the sense of nowness or of the in- event occurring in the present. Um, the sense of nowness also distinguishes involuntary memories in PTSD from other involuntary memories. These intrusive involuntary memories range from fleeting sensory impressions of traumatic events. Um, this is a re statement of the same thing. Deja vu. Deja vu. You did it to me. You fucker. (laughs) Just copy and paste it over and over. You fucking, you got me. You son of a bitch. God damn it. I honestly, I wasn't sure if that was going to happen, but (laughs) you fucking got me. Fuck you. Dude, Uh, that's funny. That really is the thing with PTSD. It's like, uh, people feel like it's in the moment and it's kind of scary it's a weird thing the dissociated uh full-blown flashbacks are a lot more rare but people it's like really reliving yeah something um it also seems like these traumatic events are more likely to be imprinted on young children um, but other times they can be blocked from the person's memory altogether. Uh, while still controversial, we also can observe forms of memory blocking in people with dissociative, dissociative identity disorder, or DID, um, previously known as multiple personality disorder, which is a mental disorder characterized by the maintenance of at least two distinct and relatively enduring personality states. So this is something that the psychiatric community is very split on and there's been a bunch of movies uh, that don't show it accurately in a bunch of court cases that have been uh, real split in people's uh, perception because of this disorder. Um, it is a company, a comp. Oh my God, bro. My brain. <laughs> a company need. <laughs> A, co- mem- a company what? A company. What was the other word I had? Recouple. Recouple. <laughs> I got that memory recouple. Uh, accompanied by memory gaps beyond what would be explained by ordinary forgetfulness as the person dissociates between personality switches. Um, there was a really good... Yeah, so like between somebody switching personalities, they often supposedly don't remember what was happening when they were in the other state. So it's like they could be talking, switch, and they wouldn't remember what was said before the switch. Um, 
there was a new documentary on HBO called Crazy Not Insane, um, and it featured the doc this doctor. I forget her name. She was kind of like the lead person studying uh, DID, and she at the end of her career worked with Ted Bundy, and it kind of towards the end, I think kind of to pique people's interest, they kind of put out a theory that had not been out there much before that possibly Ted Bundy had multiple personalities. And there were examples of him signing letters with the name Sam and having different handwritings and things that Mm. somehow kind of went under the radar before, but like he was always thought to have been uh, an extreme case of bipolar with, with other psychopathic traits, but there's some evidence he could have had um, the DID and uh, a lot of these cases the people literally are capable of killing people and then they wake up and they don't remember any of it. That's and wild. That's people, scary too. Yeah, people definitely have abused it to, or like lied about it and there's the whole thing are the doctors um, like asking questions that lead them to act the part but uh, it, it's hard to know. Yeah, There have been studies recently about the underlying PTSD that some people experience undiagnosed just living in a neighborhood where violence is a regular occurrence. I personally have never dealt with that extreme level of PTSD um, that that some people go through. Uh, We mentioned in the last episode, my, my buddy Jim, his was like so fucking brutal. He was a soldier and his could be totally dissociative just in an an altered state and he wouldn't remember a lot of it and it it was so fucking scary um it 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 is something that has affected me there's there's a couple specific events that i've had to re-experience more than i would like to um and it's it's so weird in retrospect trying to understand those memories uh i've it's helped me process them but it's also super confusing and it's weird when your brain like very vividly will recall certain aspects of an event while other aspects of it are so hard to picture at all. It's like your brain's trying to protect yourself and like it's, it's so confusing. Like I definitely don't like the 4th of July anymore. All those loud noises and shit. I hate it, man. It's like the whole neighborhood's going crazy. I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> I gotta say, I I really liked Fourth of July from my my last apartment, only because I was six floors up, and I I had a really good view out of like, I was just above downtown, like the cutoff for downtown Detroit. So I had a a, a really wide view, um, window of, you know, uh fireworks shooting up over the horizon so i had yeah. a, a nice wide array of of cool shit to to look at but you know it, it didn't bother my cat at all so otherwise I, it didn't bother me See, um, I, but other than that yeah i'm not like i can do without the fucking it would, especially with people doing it like all like the two two three weeks beforehand i know and then like you know at three o'clock in the morning you know, it's like I don't, I don't fucking need that shit. Yeah, like I, I don't mind. I mean, I even enjoy going to like a fireworks show. Yeah, where it's like a choreographed event. I know it's going to happen, 
but e- either between living in shitty neighborhoods or being shot at a f- handful of times, I don't like hearing gunshots all fucking night. Like, yeah, I, I just I'm I'm on edge and I have to like not be around it. It's too much, too much. It's like I even I haven't even had that experience, and I still don't like all the fucking noise. Yeah, it's just too, way too much. Um, so, so what about? Yeah, go ahead. So say you're. We talked about that, um, but what's what's your? Um, we want to break it down to like with your either your weirdest or happiest or most vivid memory. Dude, Something that you think of that you can. Recall. Yeah, I. Th- so I think for happy stuff, it's. I, th- I think it's weird. I think it can change person to person. But I, the happy ones, like strong, happy memories, they feel soft and like hard to grasp on and that grasp onto. And I think that's what part of what makes them so special. Yeah. Um, I think part of that might be true because the you learn more from mistakes and like shitty situations. You can learn more like, OK, yeah. don't do that. It's like a survival instinct because I feel the same way about that. Like I have happy memories, but what's you know the things that I'm more prone to think of or or remember easily are negative or informal, right? And I I think part of it is maybe like the brain, the tendency of the brain slash human nature tends to to have a a pessimistic outlook, mm-hmm. and maybe that's different for other people. I don't know if that's like a personality trait but i think a lot of people gravitate towards the negative memories as being the strongest and there might be something glass half full half empty kind of thing there um definitely lots of happy memories but they feel soft like they're they're kind of like uh real soft memories i some of my my most most vivid are like the very violent things that make me not enjoy Fourth of July, where it's like you always hear in like court stuff, like you remember what the gun looked like, but you can't picture the face kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's so weird what your brain will like cue onto or not. Like uh, I had w- one of the times very specifically, like I got jumped really fucking bad by like a group of people, and. Uh, like I remember parts of a fight, but like most of it's not there at all. And like I had somebody like put a gun to my head and I remember like everything about the gun, but can't picture the faces at all. And you're like, it's like a 20 something minute encounter. And it's like, you remember parts of it, but, but not at all. And it carries like such a strong, like emotional attachment but it's one of those things where it's it's something that took me a long time to deal with but also through processing has helped me to be a lot stronger too yeah it's very confusing yeah wow i i feel like i mean i i don't have i don't have experiences like that i mean like the closest i ever got to that was outside of school and there's a dude that kept trying to ask me for my phone. I had a flip phone that could play music on it. And there was a kid. 
Um, like that was a big deal back then that I actually had a speaker on it. And I, uh, like an full MP3. It was a Sony phone. That's why it was like Walkman or whatever. Anyways, the, um, the kid came up and he kept asking if he could see it, if he could hold it. And I'm like, dude, I don't know you. He was like, you just let him hold it. It's like, I know him. So right. I'm not just going to hand you my phone. Anyway, he, he pulled up his, his shirt. And he apparently had a, a gun. I didn't see it because I'm like right in front of him. But someone next <laughs> to me seen it, and they were like trying to pull me back away from him. And I didn't, I didn't even realize it until afterward. And ended up getting broken up by by somebody. But it was. Um, but even that, like it, that's something you'll never fucking forget. Yeah, and like your now, brain damaged. Like now, in my memory, like I can recall in my memory that he had a gun. But it was only because, you know, later on, someone this, said something about it. Right. That's weird, too. Like, yeah. there's moments of this specific encounter I had that this, so this dude, it was like a gang that lived near my apartment. And, like, I was the white kid. And I was, like, super fucked up. And I decided to, like, go running in my pajamas at three in the morning. <laughs> like, nodded out on dope like i'm gonna go for a jog like just trashed right and uh i'd seen some of these dudes before and they like fucking waited for me and jumped me but it was like the big brother had a gun and the rest of them were like 10 years old bro oh wow so it was like they weren't 10 i mean maybe a couple of them were but some of them were old they're way younger than you yeah and, like, I'm, like, trying to stab little kids, like, and get away. Yeah. And then, like, the, like, the dude had a gun to me, and they, like, beat me for, like, 20 minutes. Like, all my piercings got ripped out. My nose was broken. It was, like, super bad. And I, But there's parts of it, like, I know that happened for sure. And then other parts where I'm, like, is this, like, have I retold myself the story so many times that I think things happen that didn't you know what i mean yeah you're like you, you hear like in court cases like people not remembering how many shots were fired or like specific parts and you're like how the fuck could you not remember that but like yeah. you'll remember exactly what it was so an, traumatic yeah it's so weird um i have a uh i have a fun memory that i that i can vividly remember and i, I was thinking about this it came up when i was trying to think of my earliest memory um i'm gonna just completely switch switch gears um so it was shortly after i learned how to ride a bike and i rode let's <laughs> <laughs> go from steven getting jumped and getting his ass kicked to me riding to the <laughs> store with my dad on my bike we rode up to udf we um it was when we were price hill and we uh i remember we rode our bike like it was like the first time i crossed the street on my bike and we went across um, uh, by Dempsey Park and by uh, Whittier, the old Whittier building, and to the uh, UDF next to the Gold Star on, what is that, Warsaw? Anyways, I remember we, we went in there and we got candy. <laughs> I, and it was the first time I ever had a sugar daddy, which I don't even think they sell anymore. But it was like, so. do you remember those? I I remember them, but I never got them. It was like candy-coated caramel, and they had like sugar babies, which was like the little <laughs> ones. 
but then sugar daddies were the ones that were like a like a fucking stick with caramel on it and it was oh it was great it was (laughs) so so good it was like you know you'd fucking it last for forever you couldn't finish that motherfucker in one sitting you know it's too hard to chew like those charleston chews yeah man we fucking late like them motherfuckers too anyways i just remember riding a bike around with my dad you know and i think i might have gotten a yoohoo too the fucking yoohoo's were the the fucking shit they're Um, so good i'll drink them like water yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'm trying to picture drinking that on a hot day i had a a slim fast shake for i brought for dinner the other night not not too long ago to work and you know i work on a food truck and it's like 80 fucking degrees 80 something degrees and we're like sweating our balls off in this (laughs) this hot ass sun and i realized it was such a huge mistake like that's what i brought for for dinner for myself and like if I drank this right now, I would die. I would surely die. Like I'm dehydrated. Because it, it's dairy. Yeah, it's like a milkshake, like a like a coffee caramel milkshake or some shit. See, I'm one of those people. If it's 95 degrees out and I come inside, I want milk. You're like, fucked. You're yeah, super I, fucked. <laughs> There's like a like you could get like have a heart attack with by doing that. That's like a thing. Because the milk's so good. Because it's yeah. <laughs> This milk's so fucking good. <laughs> Dude, I could drink. I would if I had an <laughs> unlimited supply of milk. I don't know if I'd ever drink water. <laughs> I just bring my little oh, baby God. cow with me everywhere sounds, I go. That sounds so fucking gross. They gave me. You want a glass of milk? Can I? Squirt you up a glass of milk and Jesus <laughs> fuck boys. You know, let me tell you the only time I've had milk, like dairy milk in the last like several years, like those I'll have, but like it's <laughs> it's like kind of thinner than like a, it's like a you know skim milk or whatever. And then like I'll have I've had like Guernsey's chocolate milk. So Guernsey's like a local um uh, <laughs> dairy farm here. It'd be like disgusting. getting, you know, like the what's the one? Is it Trouth in Cincinnati? Is like the local dairy shit. Uh, I know it's it's not. It's a similar name. Yeah, or you know, getting some from UDF, I guess. But like, um, so it's either they they have like a chocolate milk and they have a um, their fucking eggnog is the dopest eggnog. Ugh. See you fucking you love milk. You won't drink eggnog. I'm not putting eggs in my milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's disrespectful to the cow. Oh, you're so fucked. Uh, you're so never... fucked up, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Where the fuck were we, This man? changes so... everything. We can't be friends anymore. <laughs> you have much get... milky drink. So we get we go, get jump, sugar daddies, and memory. Re- <laughs> yeah, memory <laughs> recovel. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Dude, that has to be like a brain damage thing. Apparently, like, I, le- I think so. <laughs> I legit thought recovel was a word. I've been thinking about it all week, man. Like, what does recovel mean? R E C O V A L. I typed it out like four times. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's that that thing. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you fucking shit. I can't spell memory, and I'm using recovel as a noun. <laughs> well, I was the first one to misspell memory, uh, but oh, good old meme, Roy. Meme okay. Roy. So- <laughs> Recovering memories. Uh, 
Yeah, tell me how to recover memories. <laughs> <laughs> fucking milk drinking. I tongue. read this shit that I wrote earlier. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, so definitely, like, spent a lot of time trying to forget shit. But there's so much shit that, like, it would be so cool to re-remember, too. Mm-hmm. If you looked in Denny, the repressed memory, uh, <laughs> memory recouple. uh i actually i I didn't until um we started doing this and i i was reading um this this bit um earlier you got some some really cool information here on that Um, yeah i i had considered like the therapy kind of stuff a little bit for that but i realized like i don't i mean like obviously i can't remember anything because it's you know uh you know repressed or whatever but like i don't (laughs) i don't think i have anything in that i that I, I have you repressed. Got a, you got a dark secret in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I really don't think so. I'm pretty sure my childhood was pretty chill. We got to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> Demon out of you. <laughs> it's going to be like... <laughs> People are going to think we're fucking high this episode. <laughs> You're going to have some weird milk-based memory that's going to come back. <laughs> and that's why he doesn't drink milk now. <laughs> right. So, rightly or wrongly, recovered memories are often, most often, associated with UFO shit or, like, court cases involving abuse. Um, And they are not fully accepted as legit in the scientific community or legal systems. And that's not always the case. There's a lot of times, um, especially with court case stuff and abuse stuff, there's a lot of, like, legitimate reasons memories can be repressed. But it is often looked at as less legitimate, mm-hmm. um, and that can be pretty unfair at times. They often do uh, these recovered memory therapies. A lot of it uh, they do in shows and shit with the light. Yeah, so yeah. Like the strobe light, ticking, talking, and uh, there's something with that where your the, the rapid eye movement can help access retrieve memories or repress memories but recovered memory therapy is a catch-all term for a controversial and scientifically discredited form of psychotherapy that utilizes one or more unproven interviewing technique such as hypnosis guided imagery and the use of sedative and or hypnotic drugs to reportedly help patients recall previously forgotten memories Proponents of recovered memory therapy claim, contrary to evidence, God, this article like really doesn't like the recovered memory therapy. Yeah. That traumatic memories can be buried in the subconscious and thereby affect current behavior, and that these memories can be recovered through the use of recovery memory therapy, RMT. RMT is not listed in the DSM-5, nor is it recommended by mainstream ethical and professional mental health associations. I think that is typically true. Yeah. Um, so I, because I'm so interested, I kind of want to pivot a little bit and talk about some of these drugs. So yeah. there's all kinds of stories where people say crazy shit or buy a bunch of shit on Amazon after taking too much Ambien and they don't remember any of it. Obviously, uh, alcohol, benzos, barbiturates are all great for decaying memories, but some of the other ones are pretty fucking wild. I think a lot of people are familiar with GHB, you know, date rate drug, totally blank out memories. Uh, one of the other really weird ones, uh, do you know scopolamine? No. All right, so this is the zombie drug, and there's oh, been- Oh, I do know that one. Yeah, it's it was a, a tribe thing, I believe, in South America, but like- 
you inhale a powder and you you enter a dissociative state where somebody uh, people have tried to use it successfully and very most often unsuccessfully to control someone to like dose them and then try to get them to go to their ATM and empty out their bank accounts and shit because you can still function but you're like completely malleable it's very weird um and there's there's a lot of other drugs obviously that can drastically alter memory and consciousness uh but one of the most intriguing to me is the so-called truth serum sodium pentothal have you were you familiar with this one previously Uh, familiar with it only in like the idea of it yeah um but i don't know like shit about it's I know that it's not really truth serum. It just right. makes you more susceptible to, you know, um, it, it limits your inhibitions to, you know, yes. try to conceal, I guess, information or whatever. Yeah, dude. I've always been very curious about this, and I've always wanted to get my hands on it, but I, I don't think it would be a wise decision. Hell no. It w- It's kind of scary, the idea of remembering something um, or truth serum seromine yourself um but sodium pentothal is a rapid onset short acting barbiturate general anesthetic it is sometimes used as a substitute for propothal um it was previously the first of three drugs administered during most lethal injections in the united states and as we know the u.s manufacturer hospiria stopped manufacturing the drug and the european union banned the export of the drug for this purpose and that's why there's states currently bringing back firing squads in the electric chair and shit because they can't get these lethal injection drugs, which the first of the three typically is sodium pentothal. Um, and they use it for that because at a high dose, they just put you straight unconscious with it, basically. And that's supposed to be the drug that keeps you from feeling the execution. I just thought of a fun meme to make. Um <laughs> And it's, you remember uh, the episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Dee and Dennis get hooked on crack? Oh, of course. And it's then, one of the best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking. Oh. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, that's ex- exactly the scene I was going to say. Oh, did someone get addicted to crack? Um, but it's like, oh, did someone get addicted to lethal injections? <laughs> that's so eventful. Oh, no, so you good. have to kill people by other means. Yeah, dude, it's a, I mean, it's an interesting problem, though. I mean, it's kind of surprising that these companies were willing to ban the export of, I don't, I don't know if it's a good thing, though. Yeah. Well, they're trying to, like, prevent, they don't want it to be used for killing people. It's a hard call, though, because if you, I don't think the state or the, the Fed should be executing people, but if we, if we ban, I don't... I never think drugs are the problem. So if we make the drugs illegal, like, are we just going to shoot everyone? I don't right. know. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Yeah, it's got to be a shitty situation for the companies. But at the same time, they've been profiting off of selling drugs to kill prisoners for, yeah. you know, half that, a century. That, that looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That's a bad look, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so while less commonly used today, it is still used in places like India as a truth serum to weaken the resolve of a subject to make the individual more compliant to pressure. Uh, barbiturates decrease both higher uh, cortical brain function and inhibition. 
uh, both, or excuse me, some psychiatrics hypothesize that because lying is more complex than telling the truth, suppression of the higher cortical functions may lead to un- the uncovering of the truth. The drug tends to make subjects verbose and cooperative with interrogators. However, the re- reliability of confessions made under a theopental is uh, questionable. That's definitely true. Like, even if you just drink too much alcohol, you'll start telling people all your personal shit, right? Like, yeah. it's easier to tell the truth than the lie, but you also, the information is often highly unreliable because all kinds of, like, delusions are mixed in or, like, missed, mem- missed memory information. And right. it just, it's not reliably accurate. All right. Um, psychiatrics is, have also used it to desensitize patients with phobias and to facilitate the recall of painful repressed memories. Uh, one psychiatric to work with, uh, Theopental is the Dutch professor, uh, John Bastians is the way I'm going <laughs> to, or either that or Jan Bastians. Jan, John. Yeah. I, I read Dutch and I thought John kind of yeah. sound like the thing. Anyways. Um, they use this procedure to help relieve trauma in the surviving victims of the Holocaust uh, in an attempt to retrieve memories to prosecute war crimes. That is wild. Yeah, that is pretty wild. That's, I mean, great use of it. Right. Um, so the truth serum was abused against psychotic patients as part of old discredited practices of psychiatry, uh, psychiatry and it's no longer used. Uh, in a therapeutic context, the controlled administration of intravenous hypnotic medications is called narcosynthesis or narcoanalysis. Um, the practice of chemically inducing an involuntary mental state is now widely considered to be a form of torture. I really like that last sentence. Getting somebody high to, yeah, that, that, that would be torture. Yeah, or even like people involuntary in mental health places like it's a it can be a pretty barbaric thing to to force someone on a medication even if they really should be on it you yeah. know yeah they, if they don't want it yeah it's pretty it gets pretty dark uh i really like uh narcosynthesis too yeah the administration of intravenous hypnotic medications that sounds so fun doesn't it See, it sounds great. Don't you just want to just just <laughs> drip, yeah, drip some acid in my IV, dog? Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, they do note. that a lot in Fringe. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think I'm really going to enjoy that. Part. Yeah, I think you will. It's a really good show. Uh, so side note real quick. Uh, some substances have been proven to be very effective. So instead of forgetting drugs to help you remember other shit, there's um, a lot of drugs effective for memory and memory recall, including GABA, creatine, and some stimulants. Creatine often isn't thought of uh, for anything except muscle, body, physical shit, but it also has a mental effect. Um, uh, there's also a whole new upcoming class of drugs people call smart drugs, which is kind of a bullshit term, but they can be used as neuroenhancers. Um, a lot of those drugs are basically forms of mild stimulants because Ritalins or amphetamines and shit really do have uh, a very valid effect on the mind that can be used for very effective purposes. Uh, do you remember the, the, the Nazis had the, 
like I'm pretty sure it's the Nazi Nazis that invented meth, right? And they had the the jer- the tank bars. Oh, you know what? I do remember hearing that the German chocolate bars full of meth, so the tank commanders like wouldn't have to sleep. Yeah, kamikaze they, pilots. Yeah, were they on. use that for pilots. Yeah, too. Yeah, you can you can unlock new levels of uh, efficiency, but it also I heard somebody describe it recently. Stimulants in general. Uh, as effective as they can be, there's a tendency to be drawn to evil, <laughs> which is so cheesy, but it, it's a, it is a thing. It makes you want to be dark. Um, I personally really like GABA. I think we've talked about it a little bit, and I use it a lot of times before recording podcasts or doing something where I need to be focused. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an amino acid combination, but it like really zends you out. Um, yeah, but we talked earlier, the biggest factors affecting the strength of memory are emotion, location, and storytelling. So yeah. different drugs and stuff definitely play a big factor, but those, of uh, you know, variables around a memory are typically the biggest things. Um, as interesting as I think it would be to try some of these recovery techniques or therapies, I think it really blurs the line between memory and imagination, and it's too easy to recover or even craft false memories. I don't, yeah. I don't know what we could trust or not trust. I think our minds are much more fragile than we sometimes give them credit for, um, even with the best of intentions. I don't want one of these fringe psychologists from your show poking around in my brain Mm -hmm. accidentally prompting subliminal memories and i'm not trying to go to the doctor's office and get inceptioned (laughs) yeah man get that that fucking movie right (laughs) so it's it's been a while yeah it it has i haven't watched that one in a while i really i mean like leonardo dicaprio movies in general i really like but that one i feel like i feel like it got a bad rep um, and I don't really know why, because I really like that fucking movie. Honestly, it, there were parts of it. I, I think it hit a lot of cheesy markers, yeah. but it's it's one of those ones like I think it got hype and then the film critics didn't want it to be good or like thought it was overhyped. But like, I I don't give a fuck. I, that movie makes me want to cry every fucking time. It's fantastic yeah yeah i um <laughs> i i really like that one you know it's because it is it is really fucked up it is you know a kind of a scary thought to think of you know and it, it gets cheesy in the way that it's kind of like the matrix in that yeah. way but it's yeah but still so like important yeah like the things they they touch on even though it gets cheesy it's like it doesn't feel cheesy when you're into it yeah Exactly. Man, that line, do you want to become an old man filled with regret waiting to die alone? That is mm-hmm. like, that line is stuck in my head over all the years. That that, that felt so fucking intense when he yeah. says it. Um, yeah, in the movie, the process of inception works by placing the simplest form of an idea deep in the character's subconscious as though they are dreaming through a series of suggestions that effectively lead the character to give himself the idea, and the subconscious, we're told, is motivated by emotion, not reason, and that positive emotion trumps a negative one. Um, The very deepest level of the subconscious is represented by a safe or vault inside which the mind keeps its most private thoughts and or memories. Um, I think 
that's an awesome concept, that positive emotion trumps negative one, just like we were talking with with memories specifically positive or negative. Yeah. But I think it's it's definitely a romantic thought. Yeah, I don't think that that's entirely true. Yeah, makes for a great movie, um, but I think reality is rarely that way. Typically, you remember seeing a gun or something fucked up happening a lot more than a nice Sunday morning with your significant other. And right. It's like, shouldn't be that. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not that way for some people, but it feels like it's that way for most people. There's an actual therapist out there listening to this show right now, like, <laughs> like shaking because they can't, like, they, they have something to say about how fucked up we are. Hit us up on the email. Yeah. Uh, tell us, diagnose us based on this podcast. <laughs> God, that'd be funny. Uh, but uh, like memories, it, it's all just stories we tell ourselves. So whether positive or negative, whichever emotion we tell ourselves is the most important really could be the most significant to our memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been super jealous of people who remember their dreams a lot. I know that's something. Aren't you pretty good at? Um, I, I Maybe more than some people. I, I don't I wouldn't say I remember a lot of my dreams, but there i i definitely have some vivid ones and i I'm, i try to um wake up and write it down if i have one that's significant enough um i did have a really strong one either yesterday or the day before i woke up and i had a really sh- vivid dream and i didn't see it noteworthy enough that i wanted to write it down but i just remember having a really vivid dream yeah if i had stopped in that moment to write it down i i would have it now but right they say, you know, both with dreams and memory, just the act of like writing it down or telling somebody it's like notes in school. It helps you remember better, too. Yeah. Um, I'm always I'm even more jealous of people who are able to experience the lucid dreaming. That yeah. is the coolest shit ever. Uh, Sarah is regularly able to achieve that. I'm like, that sounds so fucking cool. Yeah. She's like flying around with like giant bunnies and shit. And I'm like just blacked out (laughs) yeah i've only like once or twice been able to experience anything close to lucid dreaming and it's i don't think it's even still on the level that some people describe right their abilities to the only time i've ever had choice in dreams are like nightmares it's it's never been like a freedom yeah yeah, I, I, I think of of the two times where I would consider what I had was lucid dreaming, one was a nightmare that ended up with, you know, a, an actual like a sleep paralysis thing. I was about to say, dude, that is scary shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so only the, the other one, The other ones. one was flying. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. That sounds so much fun. But it was a bad dream still? No, no, no. The other one was good. That The flying one was cool. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It was, it was, it was like... um. It was like Mario 64 flying. Oh, you kind of going up and then soaring down and picking up (laughs) altitude and shit. Like, that's what it felt like. Did you have a cape? I did not have a cape. I did have a, so what I actually had was like, um, I think I, I think I talked about on the, on the podcast before. Maybe not. Um, it was like one of those things that like you hold on to, like divers hold on to when they go under the water and it's got like the propellers on it or whatever. It was something like that, that I was holding out in front of me you know, so I'm like Superman in it. That's like, cool. Yeah. That's cool. What about uh do you remember Dolly his his thing? A, a little bit, yeah. He, he had he like was, um Yeah, um, he was always jealous of 
lucid dreamers and he had like a whole weird sleep schedule thing where he was trying not to sleep a lot um but he used to try to train himself to lucid dream by sleeping in a chair while holding a key so it's like a totem almost in uh inception so when he would fall asleep he dropped the key and he found like he thought it was i think it was like he thought it was easier to enter the dream states that like in short sleeps mm-hmm. or, or maybe that was just how he was trying to sleep less because he had these schedules but he was pra- trying to practice lucid dreaming yeah that's what a rascal yeah he was wild as fuck his his concepts of science was <laughs> pretty bugged out Ooh, the clock is melting <laughs> <laughs> i have an anteater <laughs> well, well, somebody, <laughs> I have a eater. <laughs> and while lucid dreaming is a real but rare possibility, the idea of implanting or incepting an idea or memory in another person is a much more complicated thing. And when we see cases of false memory from recovered memory therapy or hypnosis, it almost always occurs when the person is willing. Just like the the stage hypnosis shit, those guys who like turn the crowd into chickens or whatever. It's like those people are weak-minded. They're weak-willed <laughs> idiots. <laughs> they fell for the trick because they wanted to. I really feel that way. There's no fucking way if you have a strong or stubborn mind, you're going to be dancing like a chicken unless you're playing along, right? Yeah. yeah, playing along for sure. Trash cats don't dance. <laughs> uh, we but- just pull up our pants and do the walk away. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> implanting a memory in a person without consent is a whole different ballgame, but it does happen. The most common examples of false memories occur with children. Fabricating memory is easiest when the person is prone to suggestion. If you were to tell a young child for years that they experienced something that they didn't, it, would, it wouldn't be that abnormal that eventually they create their own memories that align that, that story. Yeah. Uh, the combination of social pressure and imagination is a powerful thing. I know there's, have you seen that study where they have the line drawings? Do you know what I'm talking about? The line drawings? No. There's a, it's like the the biggest study on social pressure. And it's been, it was done, I believe in the 70s. There's a na- It's named after the guy, but it's been repeated to this day. It's like a major study and they have, uh, you know, when they do those, there's like five lines drawn on a piece of paper and they're like does a match b or does a match c you know and the lines are different lengths mm-hmm. have you seen those they're no like on. not at all okay well they'll have like five lines and one of them's the one you have to com- you have to compare the other lines to the length of the first line right yeah i i, I get stuff. the concept okay. yeah okay yeah so they'll have five people take a quiz of a series of those and everyone except one person is in on the experiment and and they all agree to the wrong answers and the experiment is actually if the the one person who doesn't know it's a test will change their answers to agree with the group oh and this it's been done like it's got to be hundreds of thousands of times by now and two-thirds of all people like within a couple answers start changing their answers to fit the group that's pretty wild yeah i mean it says a lot 
Yeah. But I feel I feel like a lot of people think they're strong willed, but if you actually are, there's no way. There's you, no way. Do you remember? Damn, I don't remember the girl's name. There's a a. It was in the '90s and I think early 2000s. There was a girl who, um, she. So her mom like faked that she had all these illnesses and shit. And was like crippled and stuff and like, so that they could get like, like funding and like, um, like trips to Disney world and all kinds of crazy shit. Cause they thought that she was like going to die. And like, she was like, you know, um, terminally ill and had all these, you know, wild shit. Like she was always in a wheelchair and stuff like that. Um, like they were, they were at Disney like all the fucking time. I do vaguely remember this, but I don't remember. There's the a there's a full documentary about it. Like, anyways, like the girl like finds out that you know, like she realizes at a certain point that like she's not actually, you know, sick, and she's not, you know, she's just like she gets her head shaved and stuff like that, and like she's growing up, and like she doesn't know what's real anymore. Like, eventually, she's you know realizes that she's not, and like she meets some guy online in like a chat room, and like like they kill her mom and like there's a whole fucking it's a, it's fucking wild um and there's like a bunch of debate going back about like how much she actually knew about it but it's like this was like forced on her ever since she was a very very small child yeah she's that, like, probably she's broken by yeah, that did she kill her mom i'm not sure if it was her i think it was this dude that she was talking yeah, to like okay. she convinced him to do it yeah, that's definitely a form of abuse by the parent. Yeah. Real yeah. real fucked up. I mean, you know, the 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 pressure the, you know, of of another person, it it's so can strongly create that false memory. And like we we you see it with law enforcement all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, between the inaccurate witness statements and false confessions, you know, it's clear that memory isn't always reliable as we we think. Um in the in a study shared by the Innocence Project, mistaken eyewitnesses identified uh, identifications contributed to uh, approximately sixty nine percent of more than the three hundred and seventy five wrongful convictions in the United States um, overturned by post conviction DNA evidence. Um, it's it's it's, fucked. it's really fucked. You know that's so many people. Um, and this has been often been the result of police pressure on the victim to identify a perp for an overzealous prosecution. Um, even just by showing a victim a photo lineup of a person can provide subtle, even unconscious clues about which suspect to pick by the police officers themselves. You know, yeah. these subliminal accused can infect the enemy's memory and often led to false convictions. Uh, to avoid the double blind lineups should, you know, should be used, should, excuse me, to avoid this double blind lineup should be used where officers pre- present officers who don't know who the suspect is. You know, I, the, I made a mistake there. Yeah, the officers should not know who the suspect is when they display a lineup photo oh, yeah. or real. It doesn't, like, there's all these cases that they go back and look at now where, like, eventually the victim like identifies a suspect because they were shown that per that person's photo the most times yeah. or like the you know that that person's photo shouldn't have been used in multiple photo lineups but they kept doing it or it was in a position or the pattern of the photos and eventually that person they're trying their brain's trying to figure out the pattern of a face they they 
can't fully remember and they keep having the same photos put in front of them and eventually that person becomes the perpetrator yeah the 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 other one is like the leading questions and stuff that they can just ask like so it was you know so it was this guy you know so you're saying it was that guy and it's like well they kind of look like that guy and you're like so you're saying it was him you know and right. it's like um you know even just like the little stuff like that it's like you want to have an answer you want to feel like that you know what happened to you when something you know traumatic happened like that so i can i can see where it's easier to to you know fall victim to that or like um the one where they um the the an example that I found doing research was like um they'll ask and and so you're saying you were drunk and it's like it's like I was you know I was you know at the bar you know drinking and then we went out to this place and then this happened and it's like oh so you're saying you were drunk and it's like no I didn't say I was drunk that's yeah that's literally they the cops refer to that as lane traps like yeah. the double ended questions shit. And if if you're good at like setting up an interrogation or, or conversation with traps and like knowing how to get somebody into a corner like that, it is pretty fucking hard to get out of. Yeah, that's some devious shit. Fuck yeah, lawyer up ace. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, as we learn more about how the brain functions, uh, more devious possibilities are also emerging. Um, this shit's crazy. Yeah, so let's even put this in here. He found a recent paper from Nature Neuroscience describing how scientists were able to create or implant an artificial memory into mice. It's fucking wild. Dude, I've, I've seen some other ones, too, where, like, somebody gets an organ transplant, and, like, the organ operates in a way like it's remembering its past body. Like, That's... it's... The, like the original person has like a weird blood condition, but the organ's fine and they implant the organ into somebody else after the person dies and the organ still like has a memory of how their host, the host body was different before. It'll like operate like it was the old body for a period of time. And there, there, I think wild. there's been a couple cases with aspects of, I, I don't think they're doing full brain transplants, right? But they're, they're, doing parts right yeah i think think there was supposed to be one um like last year i don't even know if that actually happened or not i i think it i think it did i think it was like a whole a full head transplant is what it was yeah god that chick that had the full face that was all tied to that chimp travis but the brain thing was a a whole other thing altogether i think you're right it was a whole head transplant but I, i think there's been cases where memories have carried over from different brain part transplants as well you know i gotta look into the the head transplant we're gonna we'll have to do an episode on that whole story because that whole story is wild do you want me to pick it up if you want to check that out uh yeah please okay um uh uh so they're able to create or implant an artificial memory into mice which is fucking crazy uh, science did this with optogenics, which allows researchers to control neurons by shining a light on them. Using this technique, they simultaneously activate areas of the brain related to the perception of an odor and areas of the brain associated with either reward or aversion. They were able to make right mice respond to an odor that they had never smelled, smelled before as if they had. 
so they're literally fucking with their neurons and creating like neuro pathways to make you think you experience something. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really fucked up. And obviously a smell you've never smelled, that's the smallest form of a memory, but like the capabilities of that it are incredible with farther research. I mean, implantation of false memories in mice has previously been achieved. In that study, scientists were able to alter a previous fear memory in mice by activating the cells that contain the memory. However, what's more exciting in that new study that researchers were able to actually create artificial memories from scratch. This is the first time this has been successfully been done without any external sensory experience, just by manipulating specific areas of the brain. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, so, back to the, the head transplant. Um, this is actually very interesting. Um the 33-year-old man suffering from a debilitating disease who volunteered to have his head transplanted onto another person's body has pulled out of the experimental operation. He backed out of it. Oh. Apparently, he found love and he became a dad, um, which is Doesn't great he need a brain? and awesome. No, he needs no. He needs a body. He wait, his wait, his wait, brain's wait, wait. his brain is cool. He has a muscle wasting condition. Uh, so okay. he was going to have his body or his, have his head implanted onto another person's body. Oh my God. That, that has to be so fucking scary. Yeah. The idea were, that is terrifying. Yeah. They were going to have to, uh, um, like replace, like connect the nerves and his like spinal cord and everything to another person's spinal uh. cord and nerves and shit. Like, there was a whole process, like there, the guy had the process laid out of like how it was going to happen, but yeah, he backed out of it. So it would it, be kind of fun to Freaky Friday and like switch, <laughs> body. <laughs> switch bodies with somebody for a little bit. That'd be fun, just for a little bit. <laughs> I'd have a, a, a like forty-eight hour surgery or whatever they were talking about it was going to be an immense oh. surgery. God damn. Yeah. yeah, that'd be too weird. I I'd imagine like the stuff with face transplants or major plastic surgery, there there often is like psychological conditions of disassociation with your own body cuz you be, like not recognizing yourself, not feeling complete, like it could be very hard to adjust to a new body like that. Right. And that'd and that'd be creepy. And you're prone to like, you know, you would have to be prone to, you know, intrusive and voluntary memories that range from fleeting sensory impressions of traumatic events and, you know, very rarely full-blown flashbacks that are so intense that, you know, the patient dissociates and feels as if they are back at the time of the trauma. And there's your deja vu, you son of a God, bitch. <laughs> Our audience is going to be like, what the fuck? Is <laughs> yeah, they're fucking tripping out. The... Um, the deja vu it really is it's it's a really wild you know uh, a, a concept in in general that's you know it's not really explainable you know, there, i mean there it's explainable to, with different ideas but it's not proven you know of like why it works or like how why it works the way that it does you know it feels you know it, it feels like you're experiencing something you know for that you've that you've already felt before, even if it's like if that's impossible that you've felt that exact same thing and been in this same place at this same time. I guess it's not impossible in every situation, but it's you know you, there's so many times where you swear like I've never 
how how is this exact conversation and you know these people are in all in the same exact location and you know it's just fucked it feels almost like a fight or flight response where you're like it feels like your brain's telling you that that's that you've been unconscious to something that you should have it it reminds me of like a like a QAnon or a conspiracy person being like it was all right in front of you and you didn't see it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> just wake up to the truth, man. Like it, you're missing this cue, but it's like, it goes off in your brain. You're like, Oh shit. Like what, what am I not knowing? You yeah. Know? I really, I like the idea because I know I've talked about it before the string theory idea of, um, you know, it's a, it's a timeline that's crossing paths with, with yours. And that's, and that's why you experience it because in a different timeline, you did just experience that. That's why you feel like you have the the experience twice. I get what you mean. Now you you were saying that were you saying that would fuck up string theory though? Um, you said you had mentioned deja vu acting a certain way. Um, and that's why it, it would fuck up the theory. Um, you you said if deja vu was specifically uh, a certain was affected by a certain reason, um, and I forget what that reason was. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Our finest work. <laughs> it really is. I don't know. I feel like this is a really good one so far. This it's is fun. fun. It's trippy. It's fun. Um, do you now? I've noticed for myself. I'm not experiencing it much anymore. And I don't know if that's an age thing or, or like if my brain chemistry has changed, I feel like I used to have that the deja vu feelings a lot. I I don't think I've had it in years. I, I can second that. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I had it several times during school, but I maybe, maybe, you know, a handful of times I can point to, in my adult life. Is it because we're becoming blind to the truth, man? Yep, that's it. That's it. We just we're just sheeples. Sheeples. There is something to it. Like where do you ever get it so intense you're like convinced the situation has happened before? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think to I think the point where I can fucks you up and it like makes you like skittish a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes it's like we experienced it in a dream. And that's what we're re-remembering something we experienced in a subconscious state. Maybe that's what you brought up. You said like what if what if that was real that they you can, you know, they show that it's like a, it's a dream thing and I said I, I mean like that's a cool idea. I just I I don't think that's like that's scarier than the other timelines for me because it's so like up to chance and that means that in my dream i predicted the future or i saw a prophecy but just like a infinite space theory where there's millions of bizarro versions of herself right yeah it could go on so far all the possibilities are possible these studies on dreams have shown like it's not an infinite amount but it's like we could have experienced millions and millions of like micro dreams we don't remember. So like, I don't think it's so improbable. Like if we were having a conversation 
in real life and you said something that sets off my sense of deja vu, I see it as very possible that I could have had a dream where even if it's not exact because it's such a hazy subconscious memory that something we ex- I experienced in a dream could set off that you know deja vu experience with a person because mm-hmm. our brain has you know is trying to work through the past and future and all these different options in the dreams that it kind of can experience parts of the future I can so I can say that I can I feel like you're right it's not that improbable I kind of wonder how many dreams we have a night that we don't remember, though. I feel like the number kind of does affect the likelihood of deja vu being related. Yeah, I think I think people say like most of the time, like you have dreams like all the time. You just right. don't remember them. Yeah, I just don't remember many. But I feel like I feel like it's we. I feel like the studies have said there's like we go through a lot of dreams each night, mm-hmm. like a lot. But I don't I don't know. Some of the, I was going to say like, you know, like sometimes it feels like you just have one, but I realized that I feel like I've had some of the longer feeling dreams I've ever had have been, you know, in a short, shorter, you know, time period, like, you know, in over an hour and a half or something. And I realized like, oh, fuck, how have I only been awake or been asleep for an hour and a half? But I just went on a full ass adventure. Those are so weird because it really feels like you have like aspects of another lifetime or timeline like strength like you're having there was a whole nother lifetime you lived some people definitely get that with like uh psychedelics uh like dmt is salvia specifically people have alternate timelines sometimes mm-hmm. so fucking weird I, I never uh i never tripped that hard on salvia Ugh, it's the worst um so I think we're we're getting towards the end. Should we get into the, the yeah. decay? Yeah, the 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 absolute breakdown. It's the absolute um, breakdown. So you know when, of course, so you know there's there's memoly when there's memoly. <laughs> Meanwhile, the memoly <laughs> and my milk cow. <laughs> So, you know, you can create memories, you can, you know, lose memories, you know, um, through various different methods and whatnot. Um, But of course, as, you know, you, you age and, you know, through just through time alone, like you're going to have some type of memory decay. Like it's, it's not, not all of that information remains relevant. Um, One year after an event, 50% of the details you can recall change. Uh, you're more likely That's to remember wild. details related to time and place, and research believe that this is due to the type of cells in your hippocampus. Um, it's you know it's, it's so important for your memory storage. You're less likely to remember what you did immediately b- before or after that event, or who you were with. The decay theory is a theory that proposes that memory fades due to the mere passage of time. Information is therefore less available for later retrieval as time passes and memory, as well as memory strength, wears away. When an individual learns something new, a neurochemical memory trace is created. However, over time, this trace slowly disintegrates. Uh, Actively rehearsing information is believed to be a major factor in counteracting this uh, temporal, temporal decline. 
it is widely believed that neurons die off gradually as we age, yet some older memories can be stronger than most recent memories. Thus, decay theory mostly affects the short-term memory system, meaning that older memories in long-term memory are often more resistant to shocks or physical attacks on the brain. It is also thought that the passage of time alone cannot cause forgetting and that decay theory must also take into account some processes that occur as more time passes. I really like that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you can only fit so much into your head anyways. I mean, there's got to... While you might be able to, you know, remember a lot and, you know, with practice you can remember more and more and more, but like when your body... Or when your brain decides, like, this isn't useful information, like, this goes in the deep storage, you know, or, you know, we can just get rid of this. Yeah. It's weird what will come up, even though you think you forgot, too. I I really like the neurochemical memory tracers, though. Yeah. That's very intriguing. It also kind of makes me ponder, like, uh... Like actual tracers, typically drug induced or even like head injury, like when you have, you know what I mean? Tracers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What if those are like uh, memories of what you saw? Oh, that's wild. And that's why, like, you know, they ghost out, but it's like your brain's not functioning right. I'm sure there's probably like a visual cortex reason why, but I wonder if it has any ties to memory also. Hmm. But it, it's weird how, like, both with the mice and uh, the memory tracers, like how, like how these things like relate on an actual like biological chemical level. Yeah, it seems impossible. Like if you had like, you could, uh, honey, I shrunk the kids small enough to go to your fucking neurons. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna fiddle with this and fiddle with that. You could like changed how your body experiences something yeah yeah i I mean you know weird and that was actually that's something they did in uh in fringe of course a lot too there's there's one scene (laughs) that magic school bus yeah exactly (laughs) basically you know it's just some some magic school bus shit but no they're not like they shrunk down but like they're you know they're cutting into someone's head and they're taking out memories and they're taking out you know bits and pieces um and it's, it becomes a major plot point that someone's trying to get pieces of their brain back because they they That's need fun. to remember certain things. That's you know, fun. It's fucked up, but yeah. <laughs> It'd be so cool if you could steal people, like, or like if you could buy. Uh, there's been a few sci. This isn't an original thought, but like sci-fi books, films where you're able to like buy memories like a drug. Or buy experience, you know, Matrix oh, yeah. boot up Kung Fu exe. But it'd be so cool if you could like steal people's memories altogether. Kung Fu exe. Kung Fu exe. Just suddenly, you know, Kung Fu. Yeah, your master well, Kung Fu. What if you could like uh, Jack the Ripper somebody and like drink their brain juices and you gain their experiences? Drink <laughs> their brain juices. <laughs> you know, make make a shake, blend it up. Was that so, was that really a thing that Jack the Ripper did? No, I was gonna say, what the fuck does it? I know I did, he I, he ate like he took organs and shit, right? Or took yeah, pieces of the brain. Yeah, I think sometimes he would tie bows with their intestines. 
it's fucked like up. He, he did do some interesting placement stuff, but not not as crazy as I think he was thought to have been with it. Um, but in relation to the decay theory, I, I, I think I've spoke a little bit about this, but I have a couple thoughts or theories in relation to this. And I, re- I really think we experience both time and memory differently with age. Mm-hmm. And it, like as a kid, time is so fucking slow. Nothing happens quick enough. You want to be older, faster, and just it, it's like you're stuck in yeah. like times like a, a a thick soup that you're stuck waiting through. And then as you get older, it's just like so fast, and it like time's gone before you know it. And I, I think that rate of time changes with the momentum of its own weight. Like the more time that passes, the faster time is moving kind of thing it's interesting because i I mean yeah i mean it feels right i i I feel like it is a thing because like we grow old so fast and this is like our brain's way of like protecting us from death like self-defense mechanism so like before you have less time to process death because you're you're aging faster Mm -hmm. like not that time's moving faster but we perceive it faster that's i think this yeah i think it directly correlates to memory as the more time that passes the more memory decay we experience so the brain's self-defense to handle all these memories it's like the the memories are too much we're not meant to hold all of them Mm -hmm. and over the span of lifetime it's either too much or too painful to process and our perception of time becomes faster to cope with that or, you know, to, to the decay of those memories. So they're easier to handle. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot less regret this way. And so it's like you're not as easily stuck. Yeah. That the fall of memory is like a weird form of grace because we're, we're not supposed to remember it all. Yeah. We're exposed to accept we're going to die. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think so. That's that's a that's a fun way of looking at it. I mean it's not I guess it's not really a fun way of looking at it, but it's uh But it, it makes it, it easier to accept. Yeah. Or, it's like it's a I think it's a very interesting and a, it's a definitely a beautiful way of looking at it. You know. It it makes I don't know, it makes sense to me in this like that we're meant to experience some shame or regret, but I don't think we're supposed to hold it forever. Yeah, no, of course not. And like how we experience time and memory is our like a way for our brain to shed those concepts so we can, you know, be F- face, better. Face death with more dignity. Yeah. 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 So I like Whew. I like the closer that you put in here. What did I put? The <laughs> the memory palace design. Oh, yeah. I didn't know where I was going with this. I thought it'd be fun. Uh, we did castle design last time, but I've, I don't know how to build the memory palace. I've tried for so many years. I can't do it right. So I was curious what your thoughts are. Now, and I, th- then- I think I might have mentioned this. If I didn't mention this on the podcast, I think I mentioned it to you. I don't know. Maybe not. I think we did a little bit. But- 
but I, I think before I said my my memory palace would be a walk in cooler. Yeah, because that's shelves. where I that's where I forget everything, and then yeah, things are up on different shelves, and I can organize it the way I want to. But then we watched this documentary on you know the the TED was it a, it wasn't a TED talk it was a it was actually it was a Netflix thing. Oh, Teddy talks. It, yeah, no, it was something else. It was the one we watched on memory where um, this woman was talking about her the way her memory palace yeah. works, but it's a neighborhood. It's like she gets off the subway exit and she's walking through right. this neighborhood that she walks on like a regular basis, and it's like. Yo, I, I never thought of it to be like it can be. Of course, can it can be that big? It's your memory palace, and if you want to, you know, have this many memories, then you need to have a large enough space to keep all the shit. And like, so now I'm trying to think of like where would my memory palace be? Mm. If like if it's not just a walk-in cooler, it would. I, I, I would almost geez. have to be Murdoch. The street? Yeah. Or the, yeah. Something like that. Or like even like Price, you know, where the where my first house growing up was. was. Can you remember like the houses walking by? Oh, absolutely. Like, Very vividly in my head. I mean like. I, I could never do that, man. The, the, what I can't remember a picture in my head too much is like beyond. So like going west. On price, there's a lot that we we just never went that way. Like towards um, right, the fuck is it towards uh, Warsaw? No, not Warsaw. Towards uh, Elbron. Yeah, uh, we just never went that way very often. Um, and there's been a lot of changes in that area um, as far as like the houses and the buildings go. So like my what my memories were don't relate back to that. But like I can very vividly picture at least that area of price. See the thing is, is I feel like that this is from the uh, the Netflix uh, memory explained thing. Um, that chick was such an extraordinary subject. I feel like the idea of trying to make my palace a whole my memory palace a whole neighborhood or street is so much information. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you're I, right. I it's, it's completely unnecessary for the kind of dumb dipshit things that I have to try to retain. <laughs> <laughs> For her, it makes sense that yeah. she was doing such vast amounts. She's I a smart like, person. <laughs> I feel like as you're saying that, the only, the only thing that popped in my mind is there. there's no way I could do something so big. And then I, I was, it kind of got me to like, like tattoos, like something small. Like oh. I would need something physical. And people always say that, you know, my tattoos represent blah, blah, blah. It's like your life story, whatever. But I do think there there could be ways to try to use your body as your own memory system. That's really smart. I like that. Tattoos or not. Because I feel like something about the physical nature of it, you could... But then it would be weird because you'd have all your negative and positive memories tied to parts of your body. I could see that being toxic in a way. Yeah. Like a Frankenstein of bad memories or... You put that shit on your back so it's behind you. Dude, I just heard a great quote yesterday from the documentary on Heaven's Gate. There's a new HBO. I've been watching way too many documentaries. But there was a really good one. It said, and I'm going to hope I get this right, said, all the things in my past are buried because they're dead. It was something to that effect. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. 
the past is gone. <laughs> but if, if you could fill your body with happy memories, that could be cool. Yeah. I, um, this finger's bunnies. <laughs> this finger is every time I pet a cat. Like the head every single time. <laughs> campfires for my nose. <laughs> just, just a picture of a campfire on your nose, and the the nostrils are like like logs that lead up to the flame going up the bridge. <laughs> Dude, that is hilarious. Can't trust but, somebody with that tattoo. <laughs> no. Oh my god. Nose tattoos gets weird, that's for sure. So what about, uh, since we kind of suck at memory palaces, what about, uh, would you change or alter any memories or inception yourself in any ways if you could? If I could inception myself to have bought into some stock, some very specific stocks at a younger age, absolutely. Or open up a, a you know very specific you know checking account or you know RI, uh, IRA when I was younger. Yes, absolutely. Um, that being said, no, most of my memories I wouldn't. I mean, you know, there's always like the really cringy ones that you think of right before you go to sleep. Yeah, some of those maybe. For sure, but I can't even think of any right off the, the top of my head. What about you? I think if I was as smart as man, smart of a man as you, I would be. In, I would have thought about inceptioning financial decisions or or something to that something that benefits me in the future. Right? Like I kind of thought, like you know, you yet somehow incept myself that drugs are bad okay <laughs> don't don't do those things later but like drugs i don't think i would <laughs> i don't think i'd want anything to be different if i could do something <sighs> money stuff would be good i don't know if i'd want to do anything different as many mistakes as i've made but with memories I, I honestly feel like a lot of the things I've it, like poor choices I've made were like trying to forget the present. And I don't, I think it as like, even if you get it to work completely, it, it still like doesn't work in a way, you know, like even if you could block out those memories, there's something like, like with the the organ or brain transplants, there's I feel like your body is still gonna hold on to it, or there's gonna be like a picture or a reminder that there's no way to like completely change. Yeah, or, or d- delete like you can't control delete. There's always gonna be something there. Yeah, something. I feel like there's a lot of Lincoln Park songs about this, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I do feel like... Uh, you just described I, all of Meteora. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to, like, actually alter the memory, but I do think if I could change my perceptions of a lot of things... Oh, yeah. I think I would. I think I would. Like, like, perceptions that I later figured out for myself, I wish I knew earlier. 
or just way different ways to look at those things, which would generally be a more positive or understanding way. Yeah. I definitely, on that same note, like I feel like there's definitely times when I, I wished I would have trusted myself more, trusted yeah. my, my, you know, my gut instinct and went, went with it rather than like, um, you know, maybe I'm overthinking that or, you know, whatever. And then find out, oh no, I was right all along. I was definitely right all along. You seem pretty damn confident or good at doing that now though. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much, I, I stopped doing that to myself because I, I realized, oh no, I'm right about most things. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's the way you gotta be in this fucking it, weird world. It though, really right? is like, I'm, I'm open to ideas in uh, different ways of thinking for the most part, but you know, my gut instinct tells me that, you know, like, no, nah, that's, that's fucked up. Like I'll try to, I, I, I instinctively look at things from as many, you know, um, point of views as possible, but it's, it's, it's usually pretty, pretty obvious if something's fucked up or wrong, you right. know? So kind of, yeah. kind of to the opposite. I, I, I think I am wrong a fucking shit ton, but, but you still have to like approach the world with a sense of confidence or trust in yourself. Yeah. That's, or else that's you, it. you're guaranteed to be wrong all yeah. the time. That's it. You have to have to have the trust in yourself, the confidence in yourself to do it. And it's not, I think people, especially I, at least I did when I was younger was like, I confused having confidence in yourself with having, um, good, like self-esteem or like, um, yeah. you know, personal image Pride. of yourself, you know, you know, like it, even like just from like a, phys, like a physical appearance standpoint, like yeah. I confused having good confidence with that. And it was like, I feel like media sets that up, you know, especially for young people to feel that way. But like having confidence in yourself is so much more beyond that. Knowing that, you know, what you're capable of as a person, that's the thing that you should be confident in. Yeah. We should all be forced to shave our head at one, at one point during high school. <laughs> I was waiting to see where you're going <laughs> have to be ugly for a year wear robes be a monk for one year of high school i mean you know for that matter i understand the whole like you know uniforms thing to a degree like the idea of it makes some sense um i don't think that it literally translates to working that way but i think in in idea in theory i can i get the concept you know but yeah wouldn't it be awesome? It just would be so cool if we know what we knew now. Oh my God. If you could go back and know, do it all again, knowing the things you could speed run it, speed run your life. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much fun. <laughs> 80% run. Get to the, the, the boss levels in no time. Fucking Steven oh, speed shit, run. man. Is there... Is there anything else we need to cover? Or do we want to talk about? Uh, I don't even know if we know what we're doing next. Um, where we, are we? Oh yeah, who am I? Where are we? <laughs> um, we do know what we're doing next, and I'm going to talk like this until I pull up the upcoming cycle. Oh, two cats. Beautiful. Oh shit! All right, well. 
we may have to reevaluate because I may need more time because I think that might be a present to you episode. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. I have some awesome, I got some good research done already, but that will be fun. I, I, we might be able to pull it off next week. Either way, we'll have something super fun. I really like talking about the, the memory stuff. I, dude, it really, I, I feel like it's one of the most romantic and tragic tragic human concepts it really is i mean you know and there's a lot that's so still misunderstood about it there are you know things that we just don't completely grasp and it's because it's so it's such a nebulous thing and it's based on someone's perception of things so it's you can't say someone's wrong if their memory is you know fucked up it's just like it's just fallible and it's i burped Nice. I like how you went away from the microphone to do that and still announced that you did it. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to. Our fucking podcast it- rules. <laughs> so, fuck, man. Should we close it up? Do you got any uh, dishonors or advice? I sure don't. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, fuck. Uh, shout outs to Chaotic Steel and Commas. Check out Netflix, uh, Memory Explained, and check out Shining and Cyclone 9. Oh, I do have a dishonorable uh, for this fucking computer fan. Yeah, uh, I, hashtag fuck your computer. <laughs> <laughs> it, this, this one will be fun. Yeah. Uh, hashtag fuck iTunes, even though we're back on iTunes. Yeah, you I might have noticed like the lapse in episodes a little bit ago, and hopefully we're, we're on there and we're, we're, we're good to go again. Yeah. For realsies, but after I threatened them, sent them so many harassing emails, they, <laughs> I, I threatened them to that our gang of raccoons were coming for Apple's headquarters <laughs> if they didn't get it the fuck together. Delete all your apples. <laughs> all your app, Tim Apple. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. <laughs> Trump called <laughs> the head of Apple Tim Apple. <laughs> That was so good. Oh, uh, shit. Anything else? Should we do it? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. <laughs> um, thanks again for listening. Thank you to Approaching Human for the use of his music. You can find his work on SoundCloud at Approaching-Human. Make sure to go to the show page at Trash Cats Trash Cast on Instagram for news and art from the show. Uh, you can check out our Reddit at tra- Trash Cats X Trash Cast. Yes. Uh, if you're super bored, you can check out my trash yard on Instagram at Skyzix, S K Y Z S E X. I should have some new stuff up there soon. Uh, we already shouted out the people. Tune in for next week's episode, drops Wednesday, every Wednesday. And uh, that's going to be all for us today. Stay classy, eat trashy. Go fast, eat trash.
I feel like this was the best shit show ever. It was absolutely <laughs> wonderful, and I loved it. 